We're talking about Edmonton's new zoning bylaw renewal, which essentially allows for a lot more density building to take place within the Henday, any neighborhoods that fall within the Henday. So what do you think about this one? We've had people raise the issue of this overcrowding school districts, of this causing an overburden when it comes to building in their mature neighborhoods. Um, the questions of how this would maybe change the demand on our sewer and our plumbing systems here in the city. So we spoke earlier to someone who was all for this and said that uh, doing this, creating a little bit more density in the city is the way forward. This would reduce emissions. This would overall affect our economy in a positive way here in the city. But what's the other side of the argument? So to be fair, we're going to get the other perspective from a retired project manager professional. Uh, Prior to working as a consulting PMP, she worked as a planning tech for the city planning department and a local engineering firm for 28 years. So coming into this conversation with a lot of experience, we have Debbie Cronwit-Martin joining us. Debbie, thanks for making the time. I really appreciate it. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to share. Yeah, we're kind of going back and forth. We had a guest, as I mentioned earlier, at the top of the hour, talking a little bit about some of the pros uh, as he sees it from his perspective. And now I uh, want to talk about the other angle and some of the concerns that people are bringing up. So from your perspective, let's just kind of set the table as we did with our first guest. This new zoning bylaw essentially just creates the allowance of the city to build more density, right? Can you help clarify it beyond that? Okay, so I would like to make a few points, if that's okay. First of all, I'm not about, I I believe we do need to deal with urban sprawl, and I do think we need to deal with something with density. I have a few problems. First of all, the the city has indicated that they want to create a 58% increase in density within the Hende. Mm -hmm. But as you know, many of the newer neighborhoods in the Hende already have a fair amount more density. So really, we're talking about increasing those older neighborhoods' density by even more than 58%. So we have to absorb more of that. So is your concern that we're trying we're trying too hard to increase um, capacity in the city and not necessarily um, think about the residents we already do have? There's a combination of that, but my concern is I, I look at the city as a system, and I don't think we're taking good advantage of, and beyond that as a system. First of all, so I'm going to address a number of things I think the bylaw should have considered. Okay. And I think, quite frankly, the bylaw was a little bit naively developed and ideally developed um, without looking at the long-term impacts. First of all, the Municipal Government Act provides a wonderful tool called um, ARPs, Area Redevelopment Plans. The city's used them in the past and has dramatically increased densities in a number of areas. Uh, for example, around the university and all those neighborhoods where you've you saw a lot of pressure for building. Now, we've, the city has been moving away from area redevelopment plans, and I understand why, because it takes a long time to build things up because you have to consolidate lots and then increase your density. But this tool right now could provide a tremendous opportunity to go to the province and the feds and say, look it, we will do an area redevelopment plan to tremendously increase densities close to our major roadways to reduces the impacts of traffic on there, close to where we can better accommodate infrastructure. And we need your help purchasing up and consolidating these properties and building considerably higher density there of affordable housing. Hmm. So So we're not taking advantage of this. We're actually losing those opportunities by not doing that. So essentially what is happening is, in your opinion, a bit of a free-for-all. And there's there's a lack of real planning in terms of how this is going to affect communities and neighborhoods. 
I think there was a bit of a preconceived idea because this whole concept of gentle redevelopment has been around for a long time. Okay, and it's been happening and people were excited about it. And that's what it's called in many, many areas. Uh, Vancouver's doing it. Uh, Calgary are just trying to work at it right now. Toronto's doing it, but it's throughout the states. It's been happening for the last 10 or 15 years. So this is not a brand new concept. But the problem is what we have done here isn't really gentle redevelopment. So first of all, we threw out one really good tool area redevelopment plans that we could have really we could still really use to get affordable housing because afford you know and and because this particular approach isn't going to provide affordable housing affordable housing is not just about supply or demand the fact is right now we have we're not building enough houses in a lot of areas in north america for many many reasons one reason is that we simply don't have the 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 people here to build it. We don't have the capacity to build at that speed, at the speed that we need to do to catch up. We got behind and we can't catch up. So the tool that they're presenting, which is increasing density in these neighborhoods, actually isn't going to solve that. It isn't going to solve that housing supply and demand issue. And in fact, could actually do more damage. If you look at the Urban Development Institute, UDI did a big study of, of all this intensification and they basically came to one conclusion, and that is the higher the higher density that you go, the, the, the property value goes up, and then when you add on top of it the construction cost, the housing cost actually increases. So in Edmonton's case, we've increased the density to eight. Now, people say, yes, but that's not what's going to be built. Mm-hmm. That's not what the bylaw says. The Cities upzone properties to the level of density they wish to attract. And when you have a lot of people moving in at once and a lot of demand, it's only natural developers are going to say, hey, I can buy this one single family home and put up eight condos in it. We should expect that. We are giving them a wonderful opportunity here. We should expect that. So make it really clear then, Debbie, what the concerns are in terms of what exactly this is going to create and what it's going to do to neighborhoods. Okay, so my concern is, first of all, when you allow eight dwellings or more, you will get eight dwellings or more quite frequently. What will happen is that people will, you know, developers going to say, this is I can get my maximum return, this is what I'm going to put there. And so that dramatically changes the character of the neighborhood. It also, you know, when you consider all the changes that's been occurring with housing affordability, you're going to get a um, more renter-based population rather than home ownership population. So it starts to change a lot of neighborhood dynamics. So this bylaw was really written for investors, and that's what they're going to get. Hmm. But that leaves neighbors with a lot of uncertainty. So if you look at a lot of books about tipping points, when you are living in a neighborhood and you're really uncertain because you don't like what's about to happen, what what do you do? And I've talked to many people who say, you know, I'm thinking of selling. I love my neighborhood, but I just don't want to stay here. So now more properties go up for sale in these neighborhoods. And if you're somebody who's looking to move into a neighborhood and you go up and you see a lot of change occurring, that tipping point's also going to change, too. And you've got to question, well, is this really what I want to buy a single-family home and have my family? Maybe not. Maybe I prefer to go someplace else. And now that changes the dynamic of the purchasing. 
And so the, pe- the groups that buy it are more the investors, and you get more in- more change happening because of that. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Well, and you'll get the argument too, Debbie, that people are suggesting. You know, increased density is the way forward. I mean, we see this in large metropolitan centers, and that's oh, what Edmonton oh. is pushing towards. So, what's the what's the better solution then? If it's not oh, okay. this way of increasing density, what's a better alternative? Okay. So first of all, yes, you remember I talked about your area redevelopment plans. You take advantage of that to increase the density and you actually push the feds in the province to do affordable housing there. You do increase densities here, but you don't increase it to eight. Gentle redevelopment, gentle redevelopment in most cities is four maximum for the property. And in a lot of places that the existing infrastructure can accommodate that. So where you had one, you now allow four units. Okay? And so you may get it redeveloped with a duplex with a basement suite, or you may get it, um, you get that type of redevelopment. Now, your infrastructure can usually accommodate that because, as the other um, person mentioned, we have had, had our, you know, the, the, the household size has decreased from roughly 4 to 2.4 people per household. Mm-hmm. So, and we've got, we've done a lot of things with, you know, our, you know, low usage, water usage, uh, showers and toilets and everything else like that. So we, we tend to be able to accommodate that, that four. Four seems to be the magic number in most cities. So you can take your increase, increase density to four, not eight. So take the eight out of the bylaw. Don't allow it to go to that great. Allow it to go to four, which is what, um, which is what Toronto's doing, which is, I believe, St. Paul did, Minneapolis, a lot of places have allowed that. They've been allowed to accommodate that. Um, your other uh, person also talked about the fact that that the developers are, you know, having to pay that share. The fact is the developers are having to pay for connections, but then, you know, when you increase it to eight, you put substantially more pressure on your existing infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Especially says, remember, your zoning stays with the property, so you can put as many eight units on there as you want. So you can dramatically increase the density and increase the uh, the amount of impact on the infrastructure, and you have no way of stopping it, by the way. You wrote, about, lot- you wrote an opinion piece for the Edmonton Journal talking about this bylaw going too far and, and touching on that, you know, the pressure that this is going to then place on the existing infrastructure. So with the magic number of four, four units being allowed to be built on a 50-foot lot, would that then ease some of that pressure? I'm thinking on things oh, like sewer system so, and the electrical grid. Look, if you look at Calgary, I think they say... That their existing infrastructure can handle um, can handle 75 dwelling units per hectare. So if you simply took at the math, if you take you can usually fit about 20 50 foot wide, 100 foot deep lots. You can fit about 20 to 21 of those in one hectare. And so if you allow each one of those to be developed to four, then that's 80. 80 um, dwelling units in that hectare, which the existing infrastructure can probably handle. Hmm. But once you go beyond that, then you have a different ballgame. And because, remember, your zoning stays with the parcel. It never stops. So you, you can say this year there's only one or two eight units. Four or five years now there might be five or six. 
then seven or eight. There's no there's no ability in the zoning bylaw to stop that redevelopment. Most other cities that are allowing even much lesser um, amounts of redevelopment, like the, the magic four, if you will, uh-huh. most of those are also requiring provisions to, to deal with that. They're providing provisions such as, for example, Vancouver, they're allowing up to up to six on the very large losses, four to five for most. But they're requiring the developers to put in underground storage uh, for their for their um, for their drainage water on site because they have combined water and sewers, and they're requiring that on site so that they don't go over capacity on their sewage. And the developers have to pay for that. They're also charging redevelopment fees. And there are, the rationale for that is because this increased density is going to put more pressure on our parks, our recreation, our police, our fire, all of these other requirements. And so they're collecting fees to pay for a lot of these things. So, so Debbie, how, 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 of this. Debbie, how receptive has the city been or not been to the idea of making amendments to this bylaw? They're not receptive. They've made minor amendments. They have... They've made minor amendments to people all the way along, just tweaking things here or there. But they really haven't been receptive to this. Like I said, they've clearly been pushing out the pushing away the idea of Airbnb development plans. I think we should embrace that and take advantage of it. And I would use that to the nth degree with the province that they to get affordable housing in. And then I think that they should take it back down to just the four units. Yes, it will not encourage as rapid redevelopment. But then it also allows you to decrease the, the building height, to decrease the, the width, the, the, um, the, the setbacks and everything, to help it fit into the existing character of the, of the neighborhood. So the people who are there don't feel like they've been inundated with mm-hmm. this massive change because they're property owners. They have a right to have a say, and it's not nimbyism just because you have a concern about your property and your neighborhood. I think we all have concerns about where we live. Debbie, and I really think it's been a disservice to people just call it nimbyism. But I think we need to start to take a really good look at this. Well, Debbie, thank you so much for making the time. That's all that we do have with you this afternoon. Uh, but some great points. Uh, people on the text line really receptive to some of your ideas and your suggestions. So thank you so much for, for sharing your insight. Well, you're quite welcome. And thank you for giving me this opportunity. And like I say, I want us to have a great city, but we all have to have an opportunity to have a say what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thank you so much. That's Debbie Cronwit-Martin, a retired project manager professional. Um, and as we mentioned on the instruction prior to working as a consulting PMP, she worked as a planning tech for the city planning department and a local engineering firm for 28 years. So on the other side of this idea of this Edmonton zoning bylaw being um, being championed as something good for the city, which is what we heard from at the top of the hour.